0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's
1: Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman.
0: Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Short night for most of us and for most of you. It's Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I am Tom Brenneman. Before we go any further like we did yesterday, we'd like to send out our thoughts and prayers for every person and child and And animals, for that matter, some of the scenes and some of the video after Hurricane Ian pounded through Florida. uh, It looks as though this is going to now reach South Carolina. And so our thoughts and prayers are with all. We are here every single day from 10 a.m. to noon. You can join us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports or on Facebook slash Chatterbox Sports. Please subscribe. Hit the notification switch to let you know when we're posting Clips out there from some of the guests we have on Uh, on social media. We can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Tom Brenneman TV. That's Tom Brenneman TV as in television. We are available in podcast form. So a lot of you last night that asked me this question, wherever you get your podcast, right? We are there. All right. Huge win last night. Not a pretty win, but a huge win. We know that Thursday night games are very tough in the National Football League. You play on a Sunday. Uh, most times it takes these players uh, till Thursday just to get right from the game on Sunday, their bodies right, their minds right. The hitting is mind-boggling in this sport, especially when you see it in person. It's just unbelievable. It is a violent game played by violent men who are big and strong and fast. So to have a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and here you go again on a Thursday, big-time win. Not a pretty win, but a big-time win. They go to 2-2 two and two, Do the Bengals on the year. Two-game win streak. All right. Five things here, okay? Let's start with Tua. Now, look, this is all the Internet rage out there. As many of you know, and I have shared with you before in broadcasting the National Football League every Sunday for 25 years, in recent years, the league has inserted an independent neurologist, both on the field and up in the booth. In case down on the field you can't see something, up top they can. I am not going to sit here and start questioning whether or not the Miami Dolphins have done something going back to last week's game and that staggering video of Tua taking a hit slams his head on the ground, gets up, tries to walk, almost falls down. They take him out of the game. They put him back into the game, and they win the game against Buffalo. Okay? I'm not going to sit here and get involved in the whole conspiracy theory that the Dolphins are hiding an injury because there is a protocol there. And the Dolphins shared with us it was a back injury, shared with you and everybody who would listen, it was a back injury last week against the Bills and not – a head injury. In fact, they said he wasn't even in concussion protocol, okay? Last night was terrifying. If you saw his fingers, if you saw his body after his head slams on the ground following the slack, the sack, it was it was it was worse than the week before to watch that video. Okay? I'm not going to get into the blame game here because I don't know You don't know, okay? If the Dolphins are hiding something here or they were hiding something here, if it gets out, they will throw the book, they being the National Football League, at the Miami Dolphins. You also have to take into consideration the athlete himself. And what I mean by that is these guys from the time they're this tall are told by every coach and every parent, And every teammate, man, you got to get back in there. I've done it. I've coached you sports. Guilty as charged. I did it when I grew up playing sports. It's a different time now. Is it possible Tua was able to maybe get past something in in, in the whole, you know, examination of where he was after last week's game and getting ready for this week's game? It's very possible. Okay? Okay. So before all these people out there want to start pointing the finger, and believe me, if the Dolphins are guilty, I'm all in. Jump all on them, throw the book at them. But we don't know that. You don't know it. I don't know it. And I'm not going to start accusing people of things that we don't know if they did or not. Okay, that's number one. Number two, crowd last night was unbelievable. Largest regular season crowd in the history of the franchise. The whiteout. It reminded me more of a college game than a pro game. The crowd was just unbelievable. And you heard even Tyree Kill made a comment after the game. He's like, man, the jungle is the jungle. And for those of you that were there last night, boy, hats off. I was lucky enough to go with my son, thanks to our friends at Encore Technologies, one of our great sponsors, and uh, and I got to tell you, Uh, It it was electric to be down there last night. Beautiful night. Uh, It was fabulous. All right, number three, the Ring of Honor. It was very quick. Uh, It's at halftime. That's the way those things work. But congratulations to Willie Anderson and the great Isaac Curtis. An argument could be made that both of them should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Many believe Willie Anderson will eventually get there. Uh, There's certainly a bias against guys who are great players that play on bad teams in most of his career. He was a great player, maybe the best player, on some really, really bad Bengals teams for better than a decade. So congratulations to those guys and their family and many, many friends they have here in Cincinnati and from coast to coast. Okay, number four, defense. This is a championship-caliber defense. There is no doubt about it. Uh, Maybe like you... Do I wish they had one more really good pass rusher? I do. I wish they did. I would have been in favor of doing what the Ravens did last week and find out what's left in the tank from Jason Pierre-Paul. He's been a great player for a long, long time. I'd have thought about that move. They're well under the cap. They could have made the move. They didn't. That's okay. They spent a lot of money the last two offseasons. The secondary is as good a secondary as there is in the NFL. These guys can play. Von Bell, two interceptions last night. Um, Mike Hilton is such a good player. He's a really good player. Bates had his best game last night, I thought. Uh, and look, Eli Apple, former number one pick out of Ohio State by the Giants. Uh, he puts himself out there a lot on social media. James Rapine talked about that yesterday. Some people don't like it. That's fine. But I tell you what, the, the, the guy is a solid play. If he's your fifth DB, Okay, and 50Bs are basically like starters now in the league, the way that you know, the passing game has taken over everything. Eli Apple is a solid player, and, and, and he gives you everything he's got out there. So, like him or not, uh, Eli Apple came to play last night, and the Bengals' defense is really good. Their linebackers, you saw the difference that Pratt made coming back healthy last night. Logan Wilson made some incredible plays, including stepping up and making a huge hit on a run play, critical play, uh, down the stretch of the game. Uh, This this is a championship-caliber defense, which brings us to the fifth and final point, which is the offense. Now, look, they scored 27, okay? So 27 with a good defense should be – against most teams, enough to win. And it has been the last two weeks. If they score 27 in either the first two games, they're 4 up. But I got to tell you, um, I'm a glass-half-full kind of guy, but I, I got to tell you, I'm not buying the offense. And I hope I'm wrong. And there's a good chance I am wrong, because it took them a while to get going last night. 14 points through the first three quarters of the game – for this offense and these players, is brutal. It's brutal. You may not want to hear it. Maybe you're all excited. You know, what we try to do out here right on off the bench is lay everything right out on the table. I'm a fan just like you are. No different. But look, for the first three quarters of that game, you had no idea, none, that Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd were on this team. No clue they were on the team. The Argument can be made. You know, you sit there and watch it. They're floating the safety all the time as basically a double coverage on Jamar Chase. Okay, that's fine. But 14 points, Miami's defense is good. It ain't that good. 14 points with these weapons is not enough. Joe Burrow makes a comment after the game. Says the offensive line was great. Best day been since he's been here, as far as pass protection. He was only sacked one time, and we know all the issues through the first two weeks of the season where there were 13 sacks. But look, offensive lines are gauged by two things, pass protection and running the football. Pass protection last night was good. It was really good. The running game for this team is awful. It's awful. It's not bad. It's awful. They're getting two yards per carry. They can't convert on a fourth down and one in the first half And that play call for the life of me. You're running a pitch sweep to the short side of the field, and Burrow, uh, uh, Mixon gets stopped. You can't score a touchdown, goal to go, late in the game. You got to kick a field goal, which very much kept – The Miami Dolphins right in the game. The Baltimore Ravens are next up on the schedule. And this offense needs to make a huge step forward next week if they're going to win that game. And again, I'm not trying to be negative here. I said the defense was great. I said the pass protection was excellent. Burrow was solid, not spectacular. But 14 points in three quarters against a defense like Miami, which is solid, not great, is not going to get it done. It's just not going to happen. They have got to figure out what they're doing on play calling and especially in the run game. Because if you turn into a one-dimensional team like we've talked about on this program, like Buffalo looks like the Bills are becoming, and you're going to have to put it up 40 and 50 times a game because you can't run, That is no recipe for getting back to the Super Bowl. Speaking of the Ravens, they have their hands full this weekend. They're playing Buffalo. As we know, the Bills are coming off a tough loss in Miami last week. They will be hungry in front of a hostile crowd. Now, Lamar Jackson has, without question, been the best offensive player in the NFL through the first three games. There's no doubt about that. But think about this for a second. Most of us, after watching the first two games of the season, were ready to just go ahead and crown the Buffalo Bills as the AFC champions this year. If they lose this game, they have the same record as the Cincinnati Bengals at 2-2. Two and two. So the Bills are beatable. If they go in and steal one in Baltimore, that's a huge win. Elsewhere in the AFC North, Cleveland is in Atlanta. I don't know about you, I'm surprised. Brownies are only a one-point spread in that game. Pittsburgh is home to the New York Jets. Steelers a a three-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Huge game to watch over the weekend. Kansas City at Tampa Bay. They will play that game in Tampa. Even after Hurricane Ian. It's a pick'em game. Like Buffalo, if Kansas City loses in Tampa Bay, the Chiefs who like Buffalo. Everybody says they're this, they're that, they're whatever. If they lose that game, they're two and two. Mike Evans is back this week. Questionable, both Julio Jones and Godwin, the wide receivers for Tampa Bay. Brady and the Bucks. offensively look great on defense. They do not look good on offense. On the college front, UC is at Tulsa. Only their second road game of the year. They lost their other road game of the year, the season opener at Arkansas. Number three, Ohio State. They've not gone on the road yet. They will next week at Michigan State, but tomorrow in the horseshoe hosting the former Buckeye assistant coach and defensive coordinator Greg Schiano and Rutgers. Interesting game of the Big Ten, Michigan at Iowa. Iowa showed some signs on offense for the first time last week. They have got an excellent defense, and we know Michigan hasn't played anybody. Ohio University is at Kent State, Miami of Ohio at Buffalo, and perhaps the best game of the weekend is number seven. That's right, number seven, Kentucky, going on the road in the SEC to undefeated and number 14 Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Baseball news, Aaron Judge will try and break the American League single-season home run record tonight. The Yanks are back at home, no doubt sellout crowd at Yankee Stadium. Baltimore Orioles in town. And the Redlegs start their final road series of the season this afternoon at Wrigley Field in Chicago. They're sitting on the 96 losses with six games to go, will they find a way to avoid for just a second time in 141 years of Reds baseball to keep from losing 100 games in a single season? All right. It's great to uh, have all of you with us online. I mean, this is our uh, biggest number to start a show today. By the way, I, I get a comment right out of the gate. From B. Sewell about this this growth on my face, fellas. Casey McAllister, Brandon Seho, welcome. Great to have you guys as always. All your Morning. great work producing the program.
2: Great work. It's the first time you've ever complimented well, us.
0: Well, and it might be the last, so let's enjoy it while it's around. More,
2: more Casey than me.
0: Casey's on his game. Casey's on, on his game. game. I mean, he was here last night. You were right. there last night. I was here last night. I got to actually meet in person for the first time. Our main man, Zim Hude. There you go. Nice. How was and that? And his wife. She is absolutely adorable. Uh, Zim had a good time last night. He had a great time last night, and it was fun to be around him. He was all pumped up. Uh, I was sitting by him, and so he, uh, he had a great time last night, and, and everybody who was down there had a great time last night. Uh, we got Paul Doherty coming up at 1040 to talk about the Bengals game. He's got the morning line. He sent it out very late last night after the game was over. Uh, that's at the themorningline.substack.com. Uh, We'll talk with him in the 11 o'clock hour. We will visit with Dan Horde, who later today, after broadcasting the Bengals game on radio last night, jumps on a charter flight with the UC Bearcats, where he'll broadcast tomorrow the Cats in Tulsa. Um, And then we do our picks for the remainder of the weekend at 1130. But boys, first things first, we got about 15 or 20 minutes to kill before Dot comes on. Your initial impressions overall, I just gave mine. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree about the Bengals' victory last night. Casey, we begin with you.
1: Yeah, so uh, I went to the game last night. I was on the east end um, in the end zone. And uh, I got to really kind of watch what Joe Burrow's seeing out there on the field, kind of try to diagnose what's going on. And – I'm kind of in agreeing, I'm agreeing with you that there is something wrong with the offense, like the offensive line can't get much push, but I also think there's a couple other things that, Zach Taylor's not doing them any favors, Um, that fourth and one call with the pitch to Joe Mixon was terrible call, that's when you should run it up the middle, then when they're down in the red zone, they try to punch it in four or five times up the middle, and it's like, come on Zach it's obviously not working. Let's, let's go, let's get something going. And then they finally do that little, uh, you know, tight end slip, you know, play action right there and they score that touchdown. So I was happy to see that But some of those choices need to happen like sooner. Some of those reactions need to like pick up, uh, during the game I was sitting there with my fiance and I noticed that, um, T and chase they're running a lot of go routes. I'm like, we got to attack the middle of this field. I know they're in cover three, you know, they got a safety in the middle of the field. But as soon as, as soon as I said that they throw a a little like 10 yard, 15 yard deep crossing route over to, to T I'm like, that's what we are missing. That was retro Bengals offense. When we're able to at least attack that middle 10 to 15, 20 yards down the field and last night it was good to see that some of the flats were open and they were getting some yardage and they were very methodical but as soon as the Dolphins game when they came out of like that first quarter break they started just crashing down on the flats and it took Zach Taylor so long to start attacking in the middle of the field start going deep and Burrow also at the same time wasn't even attempting to really go deep downfield it was strange to see because i mean they put up good numbers last night they, they really did and it still felt like he wasn't really all there all back you know he still seems kind of like we talked about kind of gun shy like he's not taking that many chances and The chances he did they worked out so well like the t higgins touchdown uh jamar chase beat his guy deep down the field like i feel like we um but on the other side of football man that defense yeah it it is it is legit even without dj reader which if they had dj reader imagine how much yep we would have just killed them there um i mean he he we're sorely missing him as that extra pass rusher but i mean i'm i'm impressed honestly i'm really am impressed i thought going into that game you know mcdaniel he's the 49ers old offensive coordinator right something yep. like that i thought they were just going to run it down our throats some creative run game and in some regards they kind of did here and there um but i mean m- majority of the game we stuffed them I mean, yeah. we they had a couple. and they made big turnovers I mean they made a couple of big turnovers
0: two or through one bridgewater through one and look you, you credit that to to, to good defense and yeah. there's no doubt their defense is really really good with a chance to be great that's the thing about the defense if they can figure out get reader back and get some guys you know maybe a little more guys that they believe can be good pass rushers they could get a little bit more of that Um They've got the rest of the package. Brandon, your thoughts on the game last night? You had the big tailgate, and then uh, you had a chance to check it out. What do you think? I think the offense
2: obviously needs some work to just keep the foot on the gas. But right out of the gate, it did exactly what you wanted them to do: score, touchdown, get ahead. But it was funny. I was listening. Uh, I was just in between spots watching the game. And I was on the was ra- listening on the radio, and obviously Dave and, or Dan and Dave do a great job. Yep. But uh, it was the fourth and one play, and I feel like, you know, I probably have a, a sense on Zach and his play calling better than some, just knowing him the last few years working with him. And I looked at I looked at my buddy, I go, this is going to be something outside to Mixon. And that's exactly what it was. And I just, some of the play calling, I feel like last year he was very aggressive and it paid off, and maybe there's kind of like Burrow a little gun shy this year because of... The woes with the offensive line and the run game. But, I mean, you got to – last year was a perfect storm, I feel like, on offense. And this year, playing a little shy. The defense, I mean, it was incredible. The fact that – I know it was was Tua who, number one, hoped that you know he's going to be okay. That was a terrifying injury. Um, But that ball he underthrew, it was kind of like poetic justice that Tyreek Hill had an interception on a ball towards him. Right, yeah. Um, But – Overall, I think I think they're gonna like what Casey was saying. They're gonna fire on all cylinders. This is gonna take. It, last year, it felt like it took what maybe like six, seven yep, weeks to finally yep. get to that point. Yep, and that's something they talked about last year. This year, starting fast and, and keeping the ball rolling, and it's just
1: they're heading in the right direction.
2: Yeah, it's it's harder than it looks, but they got they got to come out and punch them in the mouth right away more.
1: Yeah, and I would also like to add on top of the defense that our secondary is very underrated. And, I mean, we had two interceptions, or was it three? Von Bell had two, and uh, I think that's all they had, I think. Well, the, the one to... Uh,
0: I got to check that. I, Maybe
1: they had a third. Yeah, they might have, but the uh, Eli Apple one, um, that wasn't called Yeah, interception. how do you miss that? are exactly right. That yeah. one was... Uh, yeah, we had a The refs, man, they're they killing us on some of these calls. Luckily, it hasn't hurt us yet. But that Eli Apple one—that was really impressive—and I'm surprised that it didn't get challenged or called, you know, or you know, called. See, on the but field, this is but. the stuff,
0: Casey. We talked about last week or two weeks ago about challenges, and who is responsible for that? Anybody that has seen the freeze of Apple intercepting the ball. And both of his feet clearly in bounds. Okay, now I was sitting in the stands. I didn't have access to uh, seeing whether or not the guys on Prime and Amazon replayed that. Mm-hmm. Did you guys happen to be? Uh, you you didn't see it? Did you, uh, Brandon? Were you anywhere near it? No, I didn't. But for, for some it. of you that are online right now and with us on YouTube, l- let me know if. Um, Is that this computer again? This Tom, stuff Tom makes me crazy. Tom, this Tom, crap.
2: For everyone at home, Tom has the uh, like auto. Like it's not his fault, but like the the. YouTube. It is
0: my fault. Can I turn it off? Is it on
2: ESPN? Is that what it is? Yeah, I knew it. It was the ESPN has that autoplay that when you have oh, a window gosh. open, it'll just. During the break, I'll show you how to do it.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah. But for any of you at home, <laughs> do me a favor, please, and and, and write in that are online uh, right now with us on off the bench YouTube. Um, Slash Chatterbox Sports, and and if you're inside the show, um, let me know if if that was broadcast on television last night. Um, Keith says it was a catch-toe drag. Um, Okay, well, look, the bottom line is um, that's a play that if – Someone is designated for that role upstairs, and we don't know the answer to that question with the Bengals. Brian Billick shared with us that uh, many, many other teams have that, that person that sits upstairs viewing the monitor from the game broadcast um, that, can, that has a headset on, that has instant communication with somebody down there on the field, whether it's Zach Taylor or, or somebody next to him, to throw the challenge flag. Um, that's an interception by Eli Apple. Yeah. Just like the week before, it was a touchdown. I believe it was T. Higgins. Yeah, for yeah. Yeah. T. That, that rule is so weird to Yeah, me. that, that the, rule is I, I don't get that rule. I'm still waiting for that, somebody to explain that to me. I that, that's going to be rewritten. Well that's going to be rewritten. Time and, uh, and I don't get it. But um, what is it says here? Uh, Keith, again, said they only showed it on replay once. And then Doug says... Um, Okay, well, Doug says they replayed it multiple times. wasn't close to
1: getting both feet in. So I, I don't know. So for me to I, talk about it, I mean, I am just seeing the pictures on Twitter, yeah. and I I maybe I can pull them up at some point. But they look like he's got both feet in bounds, and the ball is tucked like this. Like he, he's he's yeah catching the ball, and he's got it like this. Right, and it looks like he's got both feet down. And okay. as he's coming down, he's still, you know, carrying it down with him like that. And I don't know if they don't consider that because it's like a, a basket catch that he's not got full control of it until he's got it tucked away, or or what exactly the the issue is there. But um, okay, that, well, there's that,
0: a lot of there's a lot of disagreement w- w- with some of our loyal followers here. Uh, we mentioned a moment ago where Key says. They only showed it once, and and he thought it looked like uh, both feet were in. Uh, Doug comes back, says he replayed it multiple times. It wasn't close to both feet in. Uh, Alex says, I agree with Doug. I think the picture isn't worth a thousand words. Uh, Ben says, I thought it was an interception. To me, it looked like he didn't step out until after he had control, but the refs uh, missed it. Nathan agrees with Doug. Dustin says Amazon showed one replay from one angle. Local channels showed multiple replays from different angles, but that wasn't why it was going
1: on. Um, okay, we'll put out a poll for them, and we'll let the we'll let the audience decide what it was and wasn't.
0: Well, I, I mean okay well anyway okay back back to the whole uh thing of this and and, and I, I really don't want anybody to sit here and think that, that that i don't realize what a huge win this was for this franchise last night um the marketing of the whole black and white thing was fantastic you guys like the unis once you saw them out on the field they look oh, yeah. great right yeah the helmets awesome. on. awesome
2: i will say i'm i like throwback stuff better i know the players don't but like the old Bengals helmet from the 60s with the uh, yeah,
0: Bengals. the orange helmet oh yeah. my
2: i want that one day yeah, but I like that helmet but it, w- it was super cool and everyone i mean you guys were there inside the game outside at the tailgate and everyone walking up i mean got the message it was a total white out it like you said it felt like a penn state game yeah. um it was super
0: cool it really was uh, it was great. It's a huge win, and I, and I, and I, I, I pray I'm, I'm able to, to convey that here. I just think that when you're looking at this team, and looking 17-game schedule now, they've got 13 games left to go. So whatever issues they might be having on offense and the run game and all that kind of stuff, you hang your hat for a little while maybe just on the defense, and the defense is going to really have to come to play. That's another prime time game next Sunday night, right? Against the yep. Ravens? Against the or is Ravens. is that a Monday night game?
1: Uh, no, that's Sunday. Sunday Sunday and night. 8-20, yeah. I think, right? Yes.
0: So that'll be Collinsworth and the whole crew from NBC on that game yep. next Sunday night. Place will be rocking. Uh, we'll see what the Ravens do this weekend against Buffalo. Uh, we're going to take a timeout. And when we come back, we have Paul Doherty joining us on Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We welcome you back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. It's always a pleasure. The author of The Morning Line at Substack.com. Legendary sports columnist from the Cincinnati Enquirer for 35 years. Paul Dougherty. Doc, I texted you last night. I knew you were going to be watching the game. What I didn't know is you were going to be posting the morning line. I guess technically it was the morning when you're posting after midnight last <laughs> night.
3: Yeah, it was. I, I actually went to the game, Tom. Um, uh, I'm actually. Uh, this is great now. I, I, first time in 34 years, I had to check the chart for my seat assignment. You know, <laughs> it was it was it was kind of strange. I was telling Casey, uh, I, I almost felt out of place, like I didn't belong there anymore. But I wanted to go. Uh, one, I knew it would be a fun night, and it was. And, and two, I'm still. I'm still writing about these guys, and I wanted at least to make sure some of them knew that I was there. Uh, sometimes people say stuff about the people they cover that isn't too complimentary, and I'm one of those people. But I, I wanted to make sure the players and, and Zach Taylor knew that you know, I'm, I'm going to still be around. I'm not, I'm not going to write nasty stuff and, and duck and cover. So there I was. All right,
0: then, then, then Doc, uh, for those that have not seen the morning line yet, it's the morning line at substack.com. Uh, give me your, you know, your, your overall impressions of what you saw last night with this team
3: uh wonderful wonderfulness tempered by a bit of cynicism and by the way it's the morningline.substack.com i
0: apologize thank you, no, thank you. i knew right. that i just said it wrong that's my the morningline.substack.com yeah, no forgive yeah. me yeah
3: um it, it was as uh festive as i've ever seen that building um be- between the hall of fame ceremony uh the whiteout and, and the play on the field, uh, the fans were into it. In fact, they were so into it that the Dolphins had to burn two timeouts and three plays, if you recall, uh, in the first quarter, I think, to uh, be able yep. to get a playoff. It was that loud in that, in that end zone. So a wonder, it was a wonderful night. All that said, and I'm writing this this morning a little bit, um, some of us in the media and certainly fans who, who are hungry for any kind of success around here and always have been, are very eager to, to paint this defense as kind of like the second coming of the 85 bears. Um, not yet. I, I, again, last night and God love to a tag and I certainly hope he's going to be okay. But the fact remains for three and a half games, the Bengals have faced backup up quarterbacks. Um, but before I, I decide there are the Ditka bears, I really would like to see what they do on Sunday in, in Baltimore. Um, so I don't, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, right, Tom? But, but I, I just think that an objective accounting of, of, of what happened last night uh, does not suggest that, that this defense is all that. It's good. In fact, they won the game last night. But they, they, they've gone against backups for three and a half games, more than three and a half games. And uh, lots of defenses can look good at going against other teams' backup quarterbacks.
0: That's, that's more than fair, and, 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 and I think you're spot-on on that one. I think they have really good players on defense, especially that secondary. I'd like to see a little more pass rush. We talked about that at the start of the show here today. Uh, but, 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 Doc, I, you know I, I want to get your thoughts on the offense because I don't know if you saw the opening monologue, and I'm doing my best not to be the guy that's raining on somebody's beautiful sunny day here in Cincinnati after a big win. Great crowd, as you pointed out last night. But the bottom line is, with all of these weapons, and they are everywhere, the tight end is an incredible addition to this team. He is a good player and has a chance to have the best season he's had in the NFL inside of this offense. But to have all of those weapons and to begin the fourth quarter last night against a decent, not great, decent Mm -hmm. Miami defense, and you have 14 points in the game, um, I still think there is a lot of work to be done for this offense.
3: I, I think they'd agree with you. Um, Burrow did a great job last night managing the game. Um, that, that's not what Joe Burrow is supposed to be about. you know there, there are all kinds of game managers in the league and they usually work for teams that are around 500. you know, don't turn the ball over, uh play the uh, the horizontal passing game, rely on a running game. I mean last night a very telling. They slam Mixon into the line three times in a row, and then on fourth and one inside the one, when Miami is still leading in the fourth quarter, they decide to kick a 17 or 19 yard field goal. That that's not supposed to be the identity of, of this offense, um, I, and I, I don't know what they do about it. They have who they have. Um, I didn't see a ton of uh, Mack truck holes for Joe Mixon to operate in last night. Uh, the pass protection was terrific, fabulous, almost perfect. The run blocking was not. Um, I don't know. Do do they give P Ryan more attempts? I, I I don't know. He he pounded the Jets pretty good last week at winning time, um, but they got to do something because teams will adjust. If Mixon is not mixing. And instead, he's this guy getting two yards of pop, slamming off tackle. Uh, the defenses will adjust accordingly, but uh, that's up for them, uh, up to them to figure out.
0: You know, uh, I made the comment in talking with with, with Casey uh, before we went on the air today that th- th- there are fifteen hundred things that you would get to before you got to this topic when you start talking about Tom Brady. Greatest quarterback of all time in my book, and it's not even close. Uh, but, but people can debate that. Uh, but if there's 1,501, that he is, again, the greatest quarterback of all time, it's the quarterback sneak. And it seems like that is something inside of this offense that screams, screams to try on some of these third and ones and these fourth and ones. And they turn around, like you said, and they give it to Mixon. Or they're in shotgun, and they're running the ball on some of these plays. Or they're pitch sweep to the short side of the field uh, on a a fourth and one. Um, What's wrong with a quarterback sneak? Brady's done it for 20 years.
3: I think we just lost Doc. Okay, there he is. Uh. There he is. I mean, uh, sorry, I had a, somebody calling me, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I, I, sure, why, why not? Uh, you know, Burrow can get a yard or, or no yards, same as, as Mixon can. Um, he's obviously closer to the goal line when you're on the one-yard line than the running back is. Um, sure, um, m- maybe Mixon, and this is silly, but who knows, m- maybe Mixon tries to leap over the pile once or twice. You know, get the ball and leap and cross the 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 proverbial invisible plane instead of just running behind uh, alignments. But I, I I don't know. I mean, I, again, I don't know either.
0: I don't know either. But I mean, it, but but if the other stuff's not working, it's worth trying something. And and I just don't know. And, and and Doc, you you know, you tell me. You've worked here for a long, long time. Lived here for a long, long time. Um, and, and, but we've all, you know, traveled around and had the chance to travel around and go to different cities and, and, and so on and so forth. I think it's fair to say that in every town, uh, to a greater or lesser extent, depending, of course, on one, one team's offensive success, that play calling is questioned regularly in every single town. But I think. It becomes more magnified here, and we're only four games into a year, and I said a second ago, it's 13 more games to go. So they've got plenty of time to get this thing straightened out and get this thing rolling. But I think it's fair to question a lot of the play calling that has taken place with this offense through the first four weeks.
3: Uh, well, sure it is, because you're you're not going to be playing uh, Teddy Bridgewater and, and Cooper Rush and – and Mitch Trubisky and Joe Flacco every week. At some point, you're going to have to score to be able to beat a team. You can't rely on your defense to stop, you know, Lamar Jackson or or, or Patrick Mahomes or even Tom Brady. So um, I, I don't know. Uh, other than running, mixing wide on fourth in the and a yard, and making the decision to kick a field goal. Uh, in that situation in the fourth quarter, I didn't have a huge problem with the playmaking. They desperately wanted, or play calling, they desperately wanted to get Joe Mixon going. Uh, and they did in the first drive. Uh, and, and that was great. Uh, to continue to try to pound him up the middle when he just isn't having any success with it is it, going to, at some point, is going to catch up to him.
0: I want to talk to you a little bit, Doc, about the whole Tua thing. Um mm-hmm. as you know, and we talked about it at the start of the show, the National Football League, a number of years ago, has put on the field and up in the press level, uh, independent neurologist. And you know, people that have no affiliation with either team, no favoritism toward either team. It's not like the Bengals have their guy and the Dolphins have their guy. These are independent guys to, to do fair, evaluation of what's going on with a player who is injured and especially head injuries, primarily, exclusively head injuries. The Tua video from last week, when his head slams on the ground, they say afterwards it was a back injury, and I have no reason to doubt them. In fact, the Dolphins said that he did not even go into concussion protocol leading up to the game this week. I think it's unfair, and you tell me if you agree. I think it's unfair for a lot of people right now to be accusing the Dolphins of hiding something out there as it pertains to Tua and a head injury from a week ago and whether or not he should have played this week. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Uh, Well, sure. You're going to accuse a a head coach of endangering uh, not only the career – the playing career of a quarterback but but the rest of his life Uh, we know what happens with guys who get their heads knocked in too much um that said Andrew Whitworth apparently said something pretty interesting on on Amazon after the game uh he said the players can cheat the test they can fudge the test Mm -hmm. and 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 be uh permitted to go back in the game I don't know Uh, what all I know is what I see and what I saw last week was a guy who got his head snapped back, and suddenly has a back injury. Okay, I guess. And, and then, and last night, I don't know about you, and I, I looked at it several times. I didn't think that that hit was what was really excessive. I mean, it was sort of a typical quarterback gets sacked hit. It wasn't necessarily any more violent than than anything else that goes on on the field it, it's stuff like that that makes you skeptical because we know that uh, if you have a first concussion you're much more likely to have a second and, and as it progresses it only gets worse um so when you see a guy leave the field on a gurney like that uh, after a hit then maybe you disagree with me tom let me know that i didn't perceive as being all that violent certainly not as violent as the one last Sunday, it does give you cause for a little bit of skepticism.
0: Look, I, I, I think you raising the point that Andrew Whitworth brought up last night and who would know better than him. I mean, he's played forever. He was around before they started implementing a lot of that stuff. He has seen it now progress through that stuff. He has forgotten more than I'll ever know about it. Um, My understanding is, is the way they basically run this thing, and maybe in the last uh, two seasons since I've been out of covering the league weekend and week out uh, of broadcasting games, uh, maybe they've tweaked this a little bit. My understanding is, and maybe he said something about this last night. You were at the game, so maybe you didn't hear it. But basically they put guys through a questionnaire of some kind in training camp, and then they bring that back those same series of questions to have something to base it on, right, Um, if a player incurs some kind of a head injury. So from that standpoint, and everybody's different, everybody's bodies are different, their minds are different, uh, how they react to trauma is different. Maybe some guys are able, as he points out, to recall or beat the system by when those same series of questions are asked again in a stressful, traumatic situation, recall, 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 and there it is, and get back in there. It's a little like
3: memorizing the eye chart, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. Avoid getting glasses. It's E-F-P-T-O-Z. Those are the first six I always remember. And after that, maybe you struggle a little bit. Maybe you memorize it, and they think your vision is great. I I, I don't know. I mean, Witt not only has knowledge of it, he has firsthand knowledge of it. Uh, he he apparently cheated the test and went back in and only was pulled after a a teammate during a game was concerned for his uh, mental and physical well-being and told the coaches, hey, it's not right, get him out.
0: Um, Okay, so, um, you know, now all of a sudden, and you you have talked about this through many, many years about these Thursday night games. And how, you know, the players don't like them, but they they apparently like the money that comes with the Thursday night package. And people now like Amazon spending billions of dollars with the league to have the broadcast rights for these Thursday night games. Okay, well, the back end now is, though, you get 10 days before your next game. And the next game is going to be, without a doubt, uh, the most uh, and highly anticipated game of the year for the Bengals probably was when, when the schedule came out. Uh, I think most people probably felt like this team would be, you know, some would say 4-0, maybe you stub your toe out of the gate, 3-1. and Reality is they're 2-2. Uh, Baltimore has a huge game this week against Buffalo. It's an important game, I think, for both of those teams, Doc, because for both of them, it's a difference between being like the Bengals uh, two and two, or being three and one.
3: Yeah, a huge game. I mean, it kind of comes back to, to what we were saying at the top, Tom. The NFL, especially this time of year, is such a week-to-week thing. Uh, and The, the, the overreaction, as ESPN smartly has noted week after week, overreaction Monday is perfect for the NFL because the fans are so hyper. And, you know, they're they're either walking the ledge or, or dancing in the street, sometimes in the same game. <laughs> um, so, uh, who who knows? I, I mean, we go into Baltimore thinking that the Bengals have this wonderful defense and they need to work on the running game. And then, you know, in Baltimore, Mixon goes for 150 and, and they can't find Lamar Jackson. And what what's the overreaction going to be then? Oh my God, this defense! What are we going to do about this defense? Boy, Mixon's really great. So I I, I don't know. <laughs> I I, I kind of withhold judgment uh, on on who's doing what in the NFL until December, really. Um, the the Bengals, I think, as you recall, were were seven and six last year, and, and made and made the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so yeah, big game. Sure, they play the Bills. The Bills are. Coming off a week that uh, you know that they probably should have won and did not, um, uh, I don't even know where the game is, Tom. Whether it's, it's in Baltimore. Baltimore.
0: It's in Baltimore. Tough place to play.
3: I, I think on, on paper the Bills are better than, than than the Ravens are, but you you have the Lamar factor. Lamar is playing pretty well. He's playing for a contract. Um, who who knows? That's why I don't I don't bet the NFL because I don't want to go broke.
0: Well, you're right about that. There are a lot of guys watching that are going broke. So these games <laughs> yeah. week to week right now. Doc, thanks as always for your time, man. That's the morningline.substack.com. You posted yes. one right after the game last night, so you got another one coming out here shortly. Is that right? I do. I got
3: uh, 10 things uh, on the game in which I will probably talk a lot about what we just talked about.
0: Okay. Well, we're glad to hear it here first, but uh, in written form, I highly, I, I, I subscribed. And uh, really, really enjoy it. I was up when I got back from the game last night. I was up very late last night reading what you had posted. So thank you, sir. Great. Thank you thank for you. last night. Thanks for today. Have a great weekend, my friend.
3: You got it. You too, Tom.
0: All right. Thanks, Doc. Paul Doherty, kind enough to join us a couple of times every week. And we're very grateful to have him and thankful to have him and his insight uh, and all that was. The Cincinnati Bengals' largest crowd in the history of the franchise for a regular season game. Um, There was, you know, and there's going to be another one coming up. Because if if both teams stay undefeated, talking about the whiteout, forgive me. Uh, If both teams stay undefeated in about four weeks from now, Ohio State is going to play at Penn State. And you know that'll be a Saturday night game, whiteout, you know I love top my Nittany Lions. Seven, eight
1: teams. What's that? You know I love my Nittany Lions. I know, and they're going to get hammered. Yeah, probably. They're going
0: to get freaking hammered.
1: Ohio State's got a tough
0: Much one. like this... Brandon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Very. Holy cow. Um, what? Whoa, 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 Ohio State. They got a tough one this weekend, right? They're in Piscataway. No, they're at home. Oh, okay. They're at home. Don't have, don't have to go to that threatening environment in the Big Ten up in New Jersey. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: But well, you're still bitter about that with UC not being in the Big Ten.
2: Not in the Big Ten, just a conference expansion. I mean, all they do is bring the New York market, and no one cares about Rutgers. I You're mean, right. and right. they, they are bad. Well, they time.
0: will again. I'm telling you, Shiano got that thing going one time. He's going to get it going again. That guy can coach, and he can run a program. And, um, and, and believe me, they will be back to where they were uh, in the not-too-distant future going to bowl games every year, but they ain't beating Ohio State. No, um, what's the line on that game? 75?
2: 39. We're going to get to 39 and a
0: half. Oh, yeah. my God. Hammer that. Hammer that. Hammer um, that. Now, listen. My dad apparently emailed you, Casey. <laughs> um, he doesn't <laughs> even have the guts to email me. I
1: expected yeah. better than that from him. Well, he wanted me to give you the message that you've got – something on your face No, what, and, what exactly what oh you want you want it the exact i want the exact, the exact wording, wording.
2: oh let me, let like me he's, read he's, it. you're me putting read him in between you and your dad he doesn't know if he should say exactly what all right then don't do right. that just fill in the no, blank
1: no, it's, uh, well i don't know if he wants me to i'll read it anyways it's okay i got you marty's back, gonna Marty. call me and say hi <laughs> let me let me pull it up here he said casey Please tell him I want to know what that shit is on his face. Okay, what it is is, is as, <laughs> as, as you guys know, and I thought my dad knew,
0: but he doesn't. I'm not a beard guy. I'm not a mustache guy. I have nothing against people who have beards and mustache. In fact, I think a lot of them look very, very good. But I've never been one of those guys. But our man Zim Huday suggested to me... Roughly about, um, was that just before? That was last Friday. I think. Last Friday. He suggested to me that I needed to go into what he referred to as savage mode, okay? For the Bengals in his big Thursday night game, and to go ahead and, 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 and let it grow here a little bit, and not shave again until the Bengals lose, so I had asked you guys, and I want to ask all of our viewers right now, and, and, and I'm telling you, we are, we are blowing up uh, more and more every single day, and we thank all of you who are watching. I like Bacon just jumped in, although he said uh, the Houday boys won him 20 bucks last night. There you go. Um, Brian, Nate, Dustin's been with us every <laughs> single day. Bubba Bubba is with us. You see Alex. Brian's comment just now?
2: Real men have beards. Real, real men. men. Real men. Now you're all right, Now so you're a real man. A, here's
0: a question I have. I don't like wearing it. I just don't. It's uncomfortable. It itches. It's not the end of the world, but I. I you have I, to I don't, keep it. There's no way out of it. Here's what I. Was you're thinking. asking the weekends here's thing. That's what not. I was no, thinking, no, no. And I want to ask the guys that are with us online. A lot of these guys have been with us every single day since we started, not even a month ago. It seems to me that I would be able to shave this today <laughs> no okay and then start the regrowth at the beginning of next week so i could get through the weekend my son has his homecoming oh. dance this weekend my wife went down to visit our daughter in college down in texas dad is here solo it is coming in thick now and and i know it is
1: and it's coming in white um but I want to look good. It's a senior year. Yeah. Well, I'll, you look I'll good. put out a poll for the people. I'm going to ask them: Should Tom keep his beard, or should he shave it every week? Is that is that fair? Is that a fair um, poll?
2: He's gonna he's gonna shave it Monday. He's gonna come in without the. No, no,
1: no, 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 no. I'm not. I haven't
0: decided on this because I don't want to ruin the mojo. But but I feel like we we created the mojo for this game against Miami and Savage Mode. Okay, and we could start again. Say the middle of the next And week.
2: Andrew just checked in and said... Well, i got to see because the poll just went up. Andrew checked in and said, You do it, Tom. That loss of the Ravens is on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you knew that was coming. Hey, Matt, thanks for the nice compliment. It says this is the best show going in Cincinnati right now. Andrew, come on. Come on. I mean, are you serious? I'm as superstitious as a day is long. OCD superstitious. But... I mean, there's no way that people honestly believe that some stiff broadcasting in Hamilton, Ohio, every single day. No, it's you.
1: Listen, you're not going to get any sympathy from me. I had to go out and get a tumbler mug for my father-in-law for us to start winning. You I know, but that doesn't affect
0: how you look. And one day, good Lord willing, if you and your bride-to-be want to have children and they get to their homecoming dance... And you've got to go there with your community and you know the whole nine yards and you wanna be able to look back on those pictures one day, instead of your son looking at you in twenty
1: years from a Good Lord, Dad. What what the hell is that on your face? (laughs) I think it actually looks good, honestly. Yeah, it's a good new look. I like it. I like the the shadow look. Savage mood.
0: Somebody dropped a Kevin Stefanski on me the other day. I'm like, ooh. That's
1: a
2: compliment, I think.
0: Yeah, he's a handsome man. Yeah.
2: He's a real man. He's a real man. Real
0: man. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. Coach of the Brownies, so his is he, he. at least has some dark to it. This has no dark to it.
1: we well, we let it grow out a little bit, and then we'll we'll color it, dye it. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll dye it <laughs> along with along the eyebrows. I, eyebrow. I, I have to say eyebrow. no, no on top. Just <laughs> dye. I think they have that stuff right. That, that there's a difference. My understanding is, and some of you again online help me here. Okay, the, I, I think there's a difference between hair color and dye, right? And then, um, oh yeah, 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 facial hair color. I didn't know that was a. Or thing. Or is that just one of those deals they create a product to get you to buy both if if you have I didn't white know. hair and a white beard.
2: I didn't know there was a there was a beard color. Yes, there is. Oh, all right. Yeah.
0: Point specific. Wow. To mustaches and beards. Hmm. Yes.
2: Andrew goes. Yeah, but Luke will forgive you when he remembers this directly led the Bengals to a Super Bowl title.
0: Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, that's good. And now now that's you're good. tugging at the heartstrings. Now, I mean, that's not fair. That's not fair. Okay, I, 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 listen. I, I, does Luke have a beard? I am not. Um, I, I am not uh, that uptight about my looks to get to be talking about this for this long. Uh, but I want to shave this shit
1: off. Is, <laughs> does Luke have a beard? Does is he able to shave? Come on, come on. You I guys mean, he get gets that peach together. fuzz going? There uh, I'm going to yeah.
0: remind him tomorrow because he made the comment last night when talking about mine. He says, oh, you know, I haven't shaved in a month. And I'm like, dude, that, that better disappear before the dance tomorrow night. In fact, it will disappear even if I have to hold him down because I am still stronger than he is. He's quicker, he's faster, all those things. But I'm still stronger, even as a 58-year-old man. I'll pin him down and shave it myself if I have to. I still got the peach fuzz going. Yeah, it is. It's tired, too. It's really <laughs> tired, uh, Brian says I have brown hair and an auburn beard. Auburn, War Eagle. Wow. Hmm. All right. Richard says shave it. Says I'm with you, Tom. I can't stand day four and
1: beyond growth. As of right now, eighty-five percent of the chat has said yes. Keep the savage mode.
0: Yeah, because it's not them. <laughs> It's not that.
1: It's not their kid at homecoming.
0: Um, but yep. I respect your opinion, and, and we ask, and so we value it. All right, boys. Uh, Dan Ord coming up in a couple of minutes. He's getting ready to jump on a charter flight with the UC Bearcats on their way to Tulsa, Oklahoma for Tulsa UC tomorrow. Last time playing Tulsa, yeah. It won't be next year. You think? You think the Big 12 will be next year? The Big 12 is next year.
2: That's for sure. Yes. For sure. This is it. This is the last of the American Conference. Okay. No more Tulsa. I'll miss two lane trips. Uh, No more ECU.
0: All of that. Okay. All right. We'll visit with Dan Horde, get his thoughts on the game last night, the Bengals game. He was here doing the play-by-play with Dave Lapham. uh, And we'll get his thoughts on the UC game. Okay. We'll take a quick timeout. Back with Dan Horde in a second. All right, back on Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers, and kind enough to join us each and every week is the radio play-by-play voice. Resting those vocal cords today after a late night last night of both the Cincinnati Bengals and the University of Cincinnati football Bearcats. Dan Hoard, Dan, you look like you're somewhere else today. You're not your normal spot. Where are you, if I may ask?
4: I'm in my normal spot. I've just flipped the camera around. I'm trying to use my standing desk more often instead of sitting on my tookus uh, while I'm doing my homework. So I'm using the uh, standing desk. I think you can see my wife, Peg, a little bit in the background there in the kitchen. But same spot, just flipped around. Hi, Peg. Around.
0: Nice to see you back. She waved. She waved. You didn't see her wave. Have her come here a minute. Have, have her come here a second. I want to ask something. I would like quick. you to
4: make a cameo, Peg.
0: Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, I want to ask her what her weekends are like when you're you're double dipping on Saturdays and Sundays all the time, and and, and her main man's gone.
4: You know what? She has uh, turned down that request. I think she's gone to the other side of the house and gone <laughs> into her office. So you're, that's what you're happens not to my to wife. Get your wish on that one.
0: That's what happens when I try to get my wife to come near me. It's the same deal. She turns and runs for the hills. Hey, I last night, how was incredible? Was that scene last night?
4: It was as good as it gets. Uh, The only thing comparable for me was last year's playoff game against the Raiders. I thought at the end of the Raiders game, that was the loudest I've ever heard Paycor Stadium. But for the beginning of a game, getting into it right from the opening kickoff, Last night was as good as it gets, 67,000-plus, wearing white, going bananas. They made a difference. I mean, you could see it in the first quarter. The Dolphins guys are looking at each other going, what, what? I can't hear you. Had to burn two early timeouts. crowd gets a, a big assist for what they did last night.
0: And, you know, I love the whiteout thing. I, I just thought it was so cool. Uh, we've seen it in college football. The, the the place that comes to mind, we were talking earlier, is, is Penn State. And uh, and they do it uh, unlike anybody else because you got 105-something thousand people there. But I just thought last night, aesthetically, was so cool.
4: Yeah, it looked fantastic in person. I haven't gone back and watched the game yet on TV, but my wife Peg told me how great it looked after she watched the game last night. So, you know, things like that. I think, makes Cincinnati look great when the stadium is packed. The commentators are talking about how unbelievably loud it is, uh, and they made a difference until the end of the game. So kudos to Bengals Nation for all they did last night and to the Bengals organization for coming up with the white Tiger helmets, painting the logo white and black at the 50, changing the end zones. All of those little details were great.
0: All right, so, Danny, I asked Paul Doherty a moment ago, and you're there each and every Sunday and have been for for how many years now you've been doing the the Bengals games on radio?
4: This is my 12th.
0: Okay, 12th year. Uh, You've seen seen a lot of good, and you've seen Mm -hmm. some not so good. Um, And you've seen some good and not so good here through four games of this season. What stands out to you, Danny, uh, one, two, three, four, five things about the game last night?
4: Well, number one, it would be the continued excellence of the Bengals' defense now. It undoubtedly helped that Tua tungo got knocked out of the game and Teddy Bridgewater finished up, although I thought he played okay, Uh, But this defense has given up one touchdown in the last 34 possessions for the opposition. They've given up a total of four offensive touchdowns in four games. The challenge is going to get tougher a week from Sunday night when they're in Baltimore and facing Lamar Jackson. But you can only play who's on the schedule. And so far, the defense has been unbelievable. unbelievable. Uh, Second, I would say that the offensive line is trending up. Two sacks allowed last week, one sack allowed last night. Even better last night. I think it was only three quarterback hits allowed. So Joe Burrow was not spending a lot of time on his back. Uh, I thought the pockets were good, particularly the push straight ahead. So the center and the guards, I think, are giving him good depth in the pocket. Uh, The one negative would be the continued struggles in the Rudd game. They certainly tried Joe Mixon a lot last night. 24 carries, four catches uh, but in the run game, they're only getting about three yards per carry, so that's the one thing that they need to continue to fix. But I do think by the end of the year, you're going to look at Joe Mixon's rushing numbers, and he's going to have you know 1,100, 1,200 yards, something like that. He's too good uh, not to eventually get it going. But it's something they've got to try to fix as soon as possible.
0: Danny, do you do you think? And and look, the 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 personnel was very different. When Samaj P. Ryan piled up all those big yards to close out the Jets game, they, they were an extra offensive lineman. I think they were two tight ends. It was a borderline jumbo package. And, 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 and P. Rhine's hitting the hole and off they go. Um, I'm with you on Mixon. I think he is an unbelievably talented player. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's powerful. He's fast. Not a blazer, but fast enough. He's strong. He cares. Um, and, and I'm with you, I think when all's said and done that, that, that he probably does get up in that 1100, 1200 range, but, um, d- does it make any sense to try and give P Ryan a few more touches in the run game here over the next couple of weeks? Do you think, or not yet?
4: I would say not yet. And I don't think so in general. I think Samaj P Ryan has a role on third down and it's a role he handles well. I'd like to see Chris Evans a little more because I think he's such a dynamic pass catching threat out of the backfield. They did try him a couple of times last night. But if Joe Mixon is healthy, Joe Mixon is the man. He'll figure out whatever issues, you know, might exist on his side. I don't really think it's him as much as just continuing to, to figure out what plays this offensive line blocks best. I think that's an underrated aspect in all of this. We talk about an offensive line needing to develop chemistry and improving their communication, but I also think the coaching staff and offensive line coach Frank Pollock need to understand or or need to learn just from watching these guys which offensive line plays they're going to be able to block best. Not every guard pulls exactly the same. Some tackles are good at straight ahead drive blocking. Others are good at moving sideline to sideline. They're figuring all of that stuff out. I have a lot of faith in Frank Pollock. And, you know, they're, they're, I don't think they're going to be the best rushing team in the NFL. If they were, we'd probably know that by now. But I do think, you know, they've got the pieces to be good. And I'm sure they'll get a lot better soon.
0: Danny, how well have you gotten to know, if at all? And it's tough to have media access, especially uh, over the last year and a half. A lot more for the first time this year than, than the last couple of years. And he's only been here what three years now, I think. How well have you gotten to know Von Bell? And if and if you've talked to him enough to make you know to form an opinion. Tell us a little bit about Von Bell. This guy's a hell of a player and has been for a long, long time, and not just because he got two interceptions last night. He's just a really good player.
4: He's a good player, but I, I think maybe the biggest contribution he's made to the team is just setting the tone in his professionalism. I think just about everybody's heard by now about you know the schedule that he keeps. He's the first guy in. He gets a workout in at the crack of dawn. Several teammates have, have followed his lead and started doing the same thing, particularly young defensive backs. I just remember, Tom, that when the Bengals signed Von Bell, I reached out to luke fickle because i know that you know coach fickle was with him at ohio state and i basically said you know what what should the bengals expect out of von bell what does he bring to the table and coach fickle talked about how much of a you know tone setter and program changing kind of guy he was at ohio state he's just the ultimate pro doesn't say a ton but does everything right every day and That's a big reason why this franchise has turned things around. They've added a lot of pros like Von Bell and uh, eliminated some guys that don't have that attention to detail and work ethic. And it's made an unbelievable difference.
0: I don't know how many of you out there uh, subscribe to The Athletic. I think if you're a hardcore sports fan and you have a few extra bucks in your pocket and in this day and age, in this climate, in this economy, not not a lot of people do. But if you're able to chip in and buy that, one of the great articles that's been written since I've been subscribing over the last couple of years was a story on what you just said, that the argument can be made that the single best recruit that Urban Meyer ever signed at Ohio State was Von Bell, for all of the reasons that you just talked about. The other guy I want to ask you about, maybe he doesn't have the same kind of reputation as Von Bell, but um, that's Eli Apple. Now, he's a guy that has thrown himself out there a lot on social media. We know all about that, you know I thought he showed tremendous restraint. Uh, and, 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 and we talked about this with James Rapine, that right after the Miami game last week against Buffalo, Tyreek Hill throws the challenge, you know, out there on the table. Uh, one of the rare times Eli Apple does not bite. He doesn't have anything to say during the week. He just shows up and plays. What have you seen out of Eli Apple these last couple of years as a Cincinnati Bengal?
4: Well, on the field, he has certainly been a very solid player. When you look at NFL teams, your second cornerback typically isn't a Pro Bowl-level player, and I'm not saying that Eli Apple is, but he has been extremely solid, especially since the second half of last season. I do think he showed a lot of restraint last week. Normally, that is not his strong suit. If somebody comes after him, he fires right back, sometimes to his own detriment. But, you know, I'll, I'll go back to another UC connection, Tom. Kerry Combs coached Eli Apple at Ohio State as his defensive backs coach. Uh, They were very close. Eli Apple gives a ton of credit to Kerry Combs for his development in becoming the 10th pick in the NFL draft. Kerry Combs loves him, and I have a lot of respect for Kerry and his opinion about players. So when Kerry told me that, it kind of opened up my mind to uh, you know kind of having a clean slate where Eli Mm -hmm. Apple is concerned. Eli has been great to me. Uh, I made a point to just to chat with him very briefly after the game last night, just to say I was happy for him since he I thought maybe there was a chance his interception should have been a pick. I saw a uh, still photograph today where it looked like he might have got both feet down. yeah uh, so you know that would have been nice for him to have that moment. But in any case, his teammates like him. I think there are times he would be wise to, you know, put his phone away (laughs) and avoid social media, but Hey, you know, in this day and age, it's hard for some young people to do, but I'm glad that the Bengals signed him last year. It's turned out to be a very good pickup.
0: It really has. And you don't, you don't know. He signed the one million, the $4 million deal. I think it was this year, whether they keep him beyond this year, but we got 13 more weeks and hopefully more than that to, to, to be concerned about such things. Um, UC, you're getting ready to jump on a plane here in about two and a half hours. Team making the trip to Tulsa. Uh, Tulsa's no pushover. Um, Three and one so far on the year. Uh, One impressive win against Kansas State, Uh, you know, in the Big 12. What are your thoughts and what should fans be looking for going into the game tomorrow about this Tulsa team?
4: Well, I think really big UC fans know this. In any sport, whether it's football, basketball, boxing, you name it, there's always that opponent, whether they're really good in a given year or whether they're just mediocre in a given year, that gives you trouble. And to me, Tulsa is that team for Cincinnati. Now, two years ago, Tulsa was excellent, and the two teams met in the league championship game, and Cincinnati won uh, a narrow victory to win the league title Last year, Tulsa wasn't great, and they might have been the team in the league that had the best chance of beating Cincinnati. The Bearcats needed back-to-back goal line stands inside the 10 to hold on and win by eight points, and that was the weekend where game day was on campus, everybody was revved up, and Tulsa almost spoiled things uh, for Bearcat fans that day. So Tulsa just gives Cincinnati fits. It's a style of play thing. I think their coach, uh, Philip Montgomery, is excellent. I know Coach Fickle has a lot of respect for him. So I I agree. I think it's going to be a really tough game tomorrow. Tulsa is playing well. The curveball for the game tomorrow night is that we don't know the status of Tulsa's starting quarterback, Davis Brin. He got hurt last week against Ole Miss. Tulsa had the lead at the time when he went out of the game. Uh, the player that replaced him is a very different style of quarterback. He is a runner. Davis Brin is more of a passer. So that adds a, kind of a wrinkle to the game tomorrow. And Tulsa may know if Davis Brin is going to play. They probably do. But they you know, claim it's a game time decision. We won't know until the two teams are warming up before the game tomorrow night.
0: All right, strictly from a UC standpoint, uh, personnel standpoint, uh, Danny, and, and, and you've know you kind of given us inside info about some guys to keep an eye on that you see in practice and that you uh, hear coaches talk about. Um, anything out there, whether, whether it's a position group, uh, an individual player, where you say to yourself, you know, I look for this group or this guy to be a bigger part of this team tomorrow. Anything stand out?
4: Nothing that really stands out along yeah. those lines. I think we've kind of established now who, you know, the, the big game-changing type guys are for UC. But I think just the continued emergence of Ivan Pace is a huge story on this team. When he transferred from Miami University, I think the coaching staff thought, you know what, this guy is going to be a nice situational piece. He's a really powerful pass rusher. He once had six sacks in a game. We're going to throw him in there on third and long. He'll get some sacks. He'll make some splash plays. That'll be nice. Instead, he's been so unbelievably good. They put him at middle linebacker. He's running from sideline to sideline. He was the national defensive player of the week last week when he had four and a half tackles for Mm -hmm. loss. He leads the nation in that category, and it just goes to show you that height isn't everything. Because they list him at six feet tall. He's probably 5'10", 5'11". That's why he wasn't recruited by uh, bigger schools than Miami coming out of Coleraine High School. But this dude is a player. And I guarantee that when Tulsa put on that tape this week, they were like, oh, my Lord, who (laughs) is number zero? And how do we block this guy? All right,
0: good enough. Danny, safe travels, my friend. Thank you for your time. Wish your bride a good weekend. You have a good weekend. Safe travels. And enjoy a rare Sunday off. How about that? It's my birthday.
4: Timing's it good. It's my Joel birthday. Boys, time.
0: you ready? Here we go. Happy,
4: Happy birthday to you.
0: Come on, guys.
2: Happy birthday to you. Not much enthusiasm. Happy easy, birthday, dear, dear Dan. Dan. Happy birthday, birthday to
4: you.
0: Hopefully, the rest of your birthday songs for you, Dan, are a hell of a lot better than that.
4: <laughs> I, I think that's pretty much guaranteed, Tom. But thank you, thank you for the thought. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, happy birthday. See you, buddy. Dan. Happy birthday. Have a great weekend.
4: Thanks, I will.
0: All right, I didn't think we were so bad. Were eh, we? Eh. I mean, come uh, on.
2: I mean, I'm I'm sitting here hungover as. You
1: know what? So I think it's I, just we don't have good singing. No, voices. you
0: guys have no enthusiasm. I had. I was getting. I into mean, it. you know, seriously. If we're going to do the only thing you guys have shown that enthusiasm about is the darkest moment in the short history of this show. <laughs> we know what that is. I thought Seeing that was one of the Cincinnati greatest moments. Bengals. Nathan Hines. See this comment? What did he say? Please, for the <laughs> love of God, don't let Brandon sing again. Not a
2: chance. Not a chance.
0: Six four one two Mars, pitiful birthday song.
2: I'm playing. We gotta work on it. I'm guys. playing hurt. I'm playing hurt. Did
0: you delete some guy because he's hungover? No, no,
2: I don't know what that comment is. I I have no power to delete anything.
1: Yeah, I don't.
0: Andrew says it. that singing was as sad as the Bengals' third and fourth down short game offense. <laughs> Ouch.
1: That is pretty rough. I
0: had a buddy of mine that wrote in and said, Let's get this man a shave, but not at the expense of a Bengals loss. Okay. All right, boys, it is that time again. It is. The it's old picks. Time of the week. Right?
2: The old picks.
0: Casey and I were able to close the gap a little bit. We're going to put up our numbers where we are. Money going to charity at the end of the day for who has the best overall record in our picks. Uh, I shaved off a couple of games, still bringing up the rear U2, if I'm not mistaken. And Tied. we'll confirm that in a minute. We're going to take a break first before we load up for our last half hour and make our picks for the weekend college and pro. And believe me, if you have a gambling problem, I don't know what the number is, but, but have somebody look it up because you're going to want to gamble when you listen to my picks this week.
2: <laughs> the guy in last place on the show.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. We're back in a minute. All right. For most of you, you've been hanging out and waiting patiently through in depth articles or uh, conversations and interviews with Paul Doherty, with Dan Horde some of our talk about the Bengals game last night, but we really know in less than a month what um, what's on your mind and that's our weekly picks and I just want to thank everybody for, for getting on this show. You know, when you start this kind of thing and you just don't know how it's going to go and we got great help I give them a hard time, but you know guys on their game and wow. Casey McAllister and Brandon say, oh, that's two compliments today. Um, more Casey. Um, and Trace Fowler, our executive producer, and you guys were there late last night, had the, ta- had the uh, tailgate thing going last night, uh, right into tonight with our great coverage here on Chatterbox Sports of High School Football. Huge game. Huge, well, game. huge game. At Nippert. At Nippert. At Nippert. Huge game. The two, and Lakota West could make an argument in this group, but the three best teams, Division I in the region, in no particular order, but in the latest uh, Harbin rankings, I believe it goes Molar 1, Elder 2, Lakota West 3. Well, Moeller and Elder play tonight in the GCL South after Elder absolutely just ran over and through and stomped all over, which you never see, St. X last week at the pit. Uh, and Molar, in my opinion, has looked like the best team in the state of Ohio. They have the best player in the state of Ohio in Jordan Marshall. Their running back is being recruited by everybody. All the big boys, all the big boys are after this guy. Uh, he's only a junior, um, and so tonight's a huge game right here on Chatterbox Sports. Okay, Moeller v. Elder from Nippert Stadium. I, I, I bet you they have. What do you think? Fifteen thousand? I was going to say twenty. I, I think yeah. probably closer. What do you think? Fifteen twenty. Yeah. 20. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a great crowd down there. Uh, but this has been so much fun and, and doing this show every day, and I hope some of you enjoy it. We invite you to tell other people about it. Uh, if you're a company that would like to be a part of this program, we'd love to have you. Um, you're not going to spend what you would spend out there in the legacy media world, that I can tell you. And uh, And we think this thing has a chance to build into something. So thank you. All right, boys, here we go these are the numbers just a reminder uh breneman comes away with a dub last night you two got dubs last night yep yep so 500 i told you guys once i got to 500 you're gonna i mean it is gonna look like edward moses showing my age back in the days of running young man out of dayton ohio multi multi multi-gold medal winner For the United States of America. So there you have it. You two guys are 10 over. I'm at 500 and even five games back. So are we ready? We're ready. All right, let's start on the college front. And we're going to start with what you just, uh, we mentioned earlier, Michigan at Iowa. Iowa has a hard time scoring. They have a great, great defense. Michigan can really run the ball. They like their young quarterback. They really haven't played anybody. They were tested last week against an okay Maryland team, pulled it out near the end, but their schedule is like the worst in college football. They, they really have played nobody. And now you go to Iowa, one of the coolest places in the world to watch a football game. They have that great tradition where the children's hospital overlooks the field uh, and, and they stop the game. And and they wave up to the kids who are up there in the hospital. It really is a cool place to watch a football game. Uh, Iowa City. The spread? What is it? Ten and, Ten and, half. and a half. Ten and a half. Uh, I just don't think Iowa can score enough. I'm taking, and it, believe me, I hate taking them in any form or fashion. That team up north. Casey? Ooh. Uh. So late change. I made a
1: late, made a late change.
0: Because, he saw me make a pick and decided I'm going to well, hop I got to tell you, I, I, I'm with you guys. I, I, when I see 10 and a half, it makes me want to change my mind. I
2: mean, Michigan yeah, it, played what? They played a high school team the first week. They and,
0: have played, when ESPN does this thing called top to the bottom 10. Yeah, you said like the three worst. The bottom 10. The 10 worst college football teams in the country. Three teams. Their three out-of-conference games were against three of those teams in the bottom ten. Shameful Shameful. for a program like Michigan. Shameful. It really is. It's shameful. And I don't say it because I don't like Michigan. I respect Michigan. And I'm one of the few big Jim Harbaugh fans out there in this part of the country. I am a big Harbaugh guy. Great
1: coach. Good guy. Gamer. uh, But, I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah, I mean, it It hurts for me to pick Iowa, honestly, but I just don't trust Michigan. They didn't play anyone. They're, I don't trust their offense. It wasn't really that great last year, and it's not really this great. You know, this year, it's just, you know. Uh, I think it's pretty good, Casey.
0: You think it's really I good? I think the quarterback's going to be a great player, and that running back, corum is that his last name? yeah I think it's. he is a legitimate top 10 back in college football but okay yeah Casey uh, Brandon you're with the Hawkeyes
2: yes my uh grandpa won a Rose Bowl for the Hawkeyes so now we're
0: doing the family thing like Casey you're following his lead.
2: I also don't believe in the Michigan hype I mean they played no one
0: I don't know if I buy into the hype yet or not they have to play some people before that happens and uh, we know they've got the mighty Buckeyes uh, the last game of the year okay Here's another one after just hearing Dan. Now, the one thing I'm going to stay with UC in this one because, yes, Tulsa has given them problems, but if there's a question as to whether or not the starting quarterback of Tulsa is going to play, Dan just said there is a question, at least publicly there's a question. I'm going to stick with the Cats. I normally don't like road dogs with these double digits. I mean, road uh, favorites, um, 10, 10 and a half.
1: I'll stay with U C. Casey. Yeah, the fact that it's at ten, I'm I'm comfortable with taking ten. If it was like eleven, I might have more issues with it. Um but I'm I'm taking Homer show. uh <laughs> I I'm kinda with Dan. Dan made me more question this pick. I, I was just kinda like, ah, it's Tulsa. But after looking at their schedule, I mean, they were in it with yeah. Ole Miss. And I mean I don't know. It's just going to be an interesting game. It's going to really depend on that quarterback situation and whether or not the kid think plays you're or right. not. I
0: think you're right. Two words, go
2: Cats.
1: Boy, it really is a Homer show.
0: Next up, the Mighty Buckeyes undefeated. Greg Schiano Talked about him a little while ago. Rutgers at 3-1. and one. Believe in him. But Rutgers, I was just talking about Iowa's offense. Uh, And how good Iowa's defense is. But Iowa's offense uh, scored 27 against Shiano and company last week. Now they're playing the offense. Not a offense. The The. offense. In the Ohio State Buckeyes. That is a whopping 39.5 point spread in Columbus. Yep. Reluctantly with that number. But Ohio State.
1: The offense is something else, and the defense is getting better every week. Men? I, I agree with that. That's why I got Ohio State too. And usually, I don't pick. I don't pick the the, the favorites on big spreads like these. After week one with the Oklahoma State game, I I, I told myself, don't do it, Casey. But and or or Ohio
2: State's gonna they're gonna cover seventy seven in this game.
0: Ooh. Would you care to double down on your bet there and you get two losses if they don't cover 77? No, I'm
2: not going to do that.
0: I'm willing to give you that.
2: They're not going to cover 70. The the score is going to be like
0: 70 to 17. Yeah, it'll be like 70 to
2: 17, something like that. Yeah,
0: I think you're right. C.J. Stroud, the last two games, has thrown 10 touchdowns. Rutgers. One pick. Okay. The big one. This is a big one. This is a big big, blue. This is a big Kentucky's ranked seventh. Old miss is ranked 14th, but you know, I, I I meant to look at this a minute ago and you know, you guys go ahead and give your picks and then I'm going to, I'm going to say something about, um, old miss
1: here. Go ahead. Yeah. So I'm picking Kentucky. They haven't done me wrong yet. I believe in, uh, their quarterback. What, how do you pronounce his last name? Will Levis. Levis? Yeah, Yeah. I I like Levis a lot. I think so. I said it for two years. I should know. And I I think Ole Miss has a good defense, but, like, they haven't really played anyone either. Like, I don't know if it says more about Tulsa or Ole Miss. See, that's what I'm trying
2: to look up here. I I want to look at Ole Miss. The Grove's going to be rocking. The Grove's
0: going to be rocking. Well, you talk about a team schedule that stinks. Ole Miss? Yeah. Who do they have, first three? Troy, which, you know, I mean, traditionally, Troy's a rock-solid program. Central Arkansas, they went 59 to three. Georgia Tech, who's awful, they've already fired their coach, beat them 42 to nothing. And as Danny pointed out, they were behind to Tulsa, their most recent game, when Tulsa's starting quarterback was in the game, uh, and they only won that game by eight points, 35 to 27. Yeah, I was going to say it's not by much. All right, so it sounds like you're taking the cats. You know what? Uh, I'm going to change. I had originally said Ole Miss, uh, but I'm changing, Casey, to Kentucky. There you go. We got it. Thank you. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, I I just kind of believe in the Kentucky hype, and I know they beat Florida, and Florida wasn't really that good, and I haven't really played anyone else, but I don't know. This is the, this is the game that they can really prove it, and uh, I just don't believe in Ole Miss, so... Giant graphic. That is a giant Ole miss graphic there. I'm, I'm assuming not,
2: you're I'm not that uh, I'm not that confident in them.
0: Wow. You going with Ole Miss, huh? I am why? Why? Strategic. What's the reason
3: why? Well, Brandon? someone
2: someone's gotta be right here. That's the issue. Um no, I, <laughs> I I think I I'm I'm in on Kentucky. I just you've seen it before with UK, where they have, you know, a game that can get them to the next level and they stub their toe a little bit. So
1: well, you think you think Ole Miss is gonna at least score seven over them a touchdown over them? That's my my thing. Like I don't think they're gonna. Yeah, lose. no.
2: I I think it's gonna be I, for some reason. I got Ole Miss. I, I'm taking them. Take them. and I got to beat you guys. So <laughs> got to be different. Okay.
0: Um, we oh. have my alma mater in here somewhere. Are they next. Yep, they're next. Okay. Now, now now who are you picking? Hold on a second you already know my pick is I pick them every week and I'm going to pick them every week. And I I think that you guys should start to pick them quite honestly with me.
1: I have been, because
0: I'm giving games, especially when you consider there's, I I called the Fordham cover last week. Listen, listen, and I I was the only one that was right with the Fordham cover programs are on, you know, galaxies difference. Okay. But they're playing Kent state this week. Now the golden flash, you want to talk about two teams, two schools that are playing people.
2: Well, they're getting paid.
0: Well, I understand that, but I'm saying it, 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 it's one thing to play one or two of those teams. How about Kent State at one and three? There are three losses. They gave Georgia all they wanted last week. 39 to 22 was the final in that game. What? Really? It was a seven point spread going into about the middle of the third quarter. They've played Washington. Who's undefeated? Washington. They have played Oklahoma, who was undefeated when they played them. Their only win is against Long Island. And then they played Georgia, the number one team in the country. Yeah. Ohio University, granted, as you say, getting paid, that's fine. But they have played Penn State, undefeated, top 10 team. Iowa State and a Florida Atlantic team that is a solid team the most exciting game in college football last week was without a doubt winning the last play of the game the bobcats 59 to 52 against fordham now they play at kent state bobcats an 11
1: and a half point road dog you're really Chasing. gonna
2: I'm really gonna hate this
1: uh, I'm picking Kent State. You guys are unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I've been. So you guys are taking advantage much. of the situation here.
2: My cousin wow. went to Kent State. You know, we're doing the family oh, stuff God. again. God.
1: Here we go. I mean, I picked them. I'm trying. I'm I trying to stay even, at the top of the standings. I don't even really like the the spread here. Eleven and a half is a sucky spread number to be yeah. to be at. But I think Kent State. They're they're pretty good. They put 22 on Georgia.
0: In fact, I think at one point in that game,
1: it was, if I remember right, the
0: score of that game. And I'll, I'll double check this here real quick. But that game, and also, yeah, I'd like to that add. game was twenty-six to thirteen at halftime, Georgia. It goes to twenty-six to sixteen, and then. Hey, in the second half of that game, Georgia scores 13 points against Kent State. That's a Georgia team that so far this year, right, they score 13 in the second half. They put up 49 against Oregon High School. (laughs) That scored 48 against South Carolina. And they get 13 in the second half against Kent State.
1: I'm yeah you're making me want to pick kent state here not doing any favors for bobcats but okay all right what's next up i think we're going on to pro i think we're going the national national football 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 league league. we're gonna just recap real quick we all the hoods who days hoods let's go
0: Andrew reminds me Georgia was giving up six points per game and that Kent gave them a huge fight, tough and physical. See, all these guys are weighing in on their picks now, too. That's good. I like it. I like it. we like that. Andrew, 6'4", 12, Mars, um, taking Kent, too. Andrew's been picking with us all year, or at least the last three weeks, says he's 12 and 10. Okay. I don't believe it. All right, (laughs) what's next up? We got Bills and Ravens. We're all right, that's good. This is a heck of a game. Baltimore coming off uh, a win, 2-1. and Um, Buffalo coming off a loss to Miami. Bills on the road, but the Bills are favored by three. I am going with Lamar Jackson and company.
1: I... I think this will come down to the wire and I think it'll be decided by a field goal. And I think Buffalo comes away with the win instead of what happened to them last week when they let time expire. So that's okay. my pick.
2: I'm going to keep giving stupid uh, reasons. Love wings. Wings are really good. They're famous in Buffalo. I'm taking the bills.
0: <laughs> do you really believe the wings are better in Buffalo than anywhere else? I mean, seriously, I-
2: do you buy that? Now, well, I'm a big smoked wings guy. So, like, south, I, I think they have pretty good uh, wings down there. But, yeah, no, I
0: think Buffalo's wings are good. They're top notch. Okay. 6-4-12 um, Mars. He says Buffalo.
1: Yeah, and I, I honestly don't believe in the, uh, the Ravens. Okay. I, what? I, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I love Lamar, right? But that's the only thing going for him. Their defense sucks everyone around them kind of sucks except for mark andrews <laughs> wow this is true it's just
0: true all right where are we next
1: j-e-t-s jets
2: jets at the men of aluminum jets. what's that stadium called now i still want to call it heinz field acra what is what that what is it acra what is that like uh it's like a... a deodorant healthcare no. or something yeah like? it's like healthcare or something like, like for healthcare. senior citizens like tom's MS
1: eligible is that what it is uh <laughs> <laughs> it's like medicaid medicaid <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's either insurance or it's like uh, logistics or something like that
0: it's either it well which is it I, logistics yeah, or healthcare? I'll, I'll or are you I'll just flipping coins over there no
1: i i'll look it up i'll look it up
0: good lord if you said to me you know like uh health or senior c- citizen yeah. assisted living kind of thing you know it's kind of in company. the same
2: insurance company insurance right. company
0: it's an insurance
1: company yeah accresure accresure I'm not Good. sure about Lord, that you name. You dropped the logistics on us? I, yeah, I, I, I didn't quite know. I'm sorry. I, I knew it was either insurance or logistics. Those are usually the two that stadiums uh, get named after, right? And uh, by the way, for the Jets, Zach Wilson is back this week.
0: Ooh. First game. There are some in New York that were saying with this offensive line they have, they should not put him in. Obviously, that is not going to happen. All right, I go with the men of aluminum.
1: The men of aluminum. I uh, just don't think they're going to be able to cover at three and a half. So I got the Jets. That, that team is uh, offensive line and a quarterback away from being decent. So men of aluminum. Yeah, and if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass.
0: <laughs> I've never heard that
1: before. I've never heard of that one okay. before. Okay. I like that one, though. All right,
0: so go ahead.
1: Next one. I think we got Browns at Falcons. Brownies.
0: Brownies. They're in my, my power five.
1: They are. Not they're
0: betting two and against one them They're again. 2-1 with um, should be 3-0. and oh. We all agree. They blew that 13-point lead.
2: J-E-T-S. Jets. No Jets. Jets. That's
0: right. They blew it to the Jets. That's right. But they're not blowing it this week in Atlanta. I, this is, <laughs> listen, this is one of those games where the wise guys, they know something we don't. They, they know a lot that we don't know. But they know something here that we don't know. Because, now granted, Falcons had a nice win last week. Um, but Brownies, a one-point favorite?
1: I'm taking the Brownies. Yeah, uh, I'm also taking the Browns. I feel like this is a trap for some reason. Why are they only favored by one point? Yep. What, what's going on there? Is That's there what I some mean.
2: Maybe Desmond Ritter starting is going to take things over. Ooh, Conspiracy theory. That would theory. Be, that'd
1: be interesting not going to happen down. yet but is mariota playing that bad that they would consider that or
2: i don't think so yet i don't think eventually i think ha- by halfway through the season dez is going to be the starter in, in atlanta and well i forget which week they play here but that would be super cool for one of his first starts to be in cincinnati yeah it would be cool uh, that would be really cool i got to shout out uh andrew for telling me that uh that was college game day celebrity picker level analysis brandon
0: which i know he he's dogging some of the guests that just get up there and Yeah, Tell you what, it should be noted here, because I really don't pay a lot of attention to the Falcons. Guilty as charged. They lose their first game of the year by one point against the Saints. They play against the Rams, and they lose by four in L.A. All right. Okay. They come back last week, and they beat the Seahawks. So, that's a team that could be two and one uh maybe. mariota is hitting on um 63 of his passes three touchdowns three interceptions they are really running the ball hang on can with i with
1: Cordero
0: patterson
1: can i also i would like to say that miles garrett and denzel ward are both questionable and maybe that's why They have him only as a one-point favorite. Well,
0: I forgot that was your automobile accident. Yeah,
1: if Miles Garrett doesn't play and and Denzel Ward, I don't know. This is...
0: Cordero Patterson, who is the largest quote-unquote running back in the history of mankind, this side of Christian Okoye, has 49 rushing attempts for 302 yards. That is 6.2 per carry. As a team, the Falcons okay, are averaging five yards per carry. Wow, really? I may have –
1: We might have made a mistake here.
0: But but you know what? If we made a mistake, all of us make the mistake. We move on.
1: Yep, that's true.
0: Okay, we move on. What's next?
1: We got the last game, Sunday Night Football. Oh, boy.
0: This is a big one. Yes, it is. In Tampa. Where the Mighty Bucks are struggling on offense or playing great defense. The Chiefs shocked last week, losing in Indy. That won't happen again. Pick em game. I'm changing my pick, Casey. Wow. What? I am.
1: Where are you going? I with? swore
0: to myself I would never in my life again, ever pick against Tom Brady. And I'm not going to start on this program.
1: Wow. Wow. This is going to be the determining game, I guess, for, for us this week. Because I got the Chiefs on this one. They're struggling in Tampa right now. Struggling. And I don't see them coming back from this one either. So, I, I got to go with my boy, Pat Mahomes. Timmy Brady. Going with the,
2: uh, the old Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm with you, yeah. Tom.
0: Um six four twelve Mars says KC wins. He says Chubb Ooh, KC,
2: and, not 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 you. Kansas City. Kansas, Kansas City. He says
0: uh but but in the I guess they would in that one. They'd be both. Andrew says Chiefs big. Brady is washed up. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> uh, that's awesome.
0: Okay. So we're going to take a break. Should we just go right into It's time to get out of we, here. Do we we need have a, a cherry on top.
2: We do. I just need a quick break to All right, then we'll take a break, and
0: we'll be back to tie a ribbon around this uh, borderline fiasco in a moment. Time to tie a ribbon around this, but we never leave you before we give you our UDF cherry on top. I never know what's coming. Casey and Brandon have it covered over there. Brandon, what did you come up with? All right, let me, let me, let me, because I think I know what's coming. Um, I met Zim Huday in person for the first time last night. What a good dude. Now, believe me, he, he, he's a little out there. But what a good dude, okay? And his wife is just adorable. What a sweet, beautiful woman. One of the prettiest smiles I've ever seen. Um, and, and, and they are so good together. I mean, she tolerates all his nonsense. And, so we were fortunate enough, my son and me, to go to the game last night and sit in the Encore Technologies skybox. First time I've ever sat uh, at an NFL game in a skybox. Of course, broadcasting every week, so I right. we sit in a skybox, but going as a fan, and we really enjoyed it. It was a special night, father and son. Well, we get up to the skybox, okay? And Johnny Burns is in there hosting us, son of John Burns, and Kathy Burns, and we're in there, and, you know, it's so cool, and we can't believe it. The seat is great and all this kind of stuff. Well, there's a glass partition in between these skyboxes. We had met Zim Houdet maybe an hour before the game. We stopped by his tailgate because I really wanted to meet him. Uh, he was down there with Big Jim or somebody, their tail, Gold Bangle Jim. Bangle, Bangle Jim. Gym. Um, and so I had a chance to meet him there. We get to the skybox and I look to my right and I can see right through the glass. Uh, there's this woman from Fred who's known as, uh, Yass or yes. Yass, the commissioner, commissioner she's Yass. big social media, big Bengal person. Yep. Um, she's in there. Uh, Sarah Leese is in there. Big social media. UC WLW whole yep. deal, you know, bunch of other people in there, but lo and behold, Guess who else is in there? Your main man, my main man, Zim Hude. And when the Bengals scored that last touchdown, is this our cherry on top? Yeah, it's yes, a screenshot it's, it's of the just tweet. Just he did, he
2: tweeted out just now during the show. Savage mode, Tom. Zim. And it, screenshot that that video is you guys nuxing after a touchdown. I'm assuming. Yeah,
0: knuckling through the. Uh, yeah, knuckling through the whole thing. Nux. It's gone crazy on uh, Twitter.
2: Nux, not knuckling. Nux. You say NUX.
0: Who says NUX? Everyone. You say knucks?
2: Everyone says NUX or
0: fist you bump. You uh,
1: You don't say NUX. You say I, Knuckles. No, no. I don't say Knuckles. I say. You said Knuckling. Like fist bump.
0: All right. Everybody's already signing off on us and it's time for us to sign off. We're one minute over. Thank everybody for watching today. We thank uh, Casey and Brandon. Guys, have a great weekend. You too. You too. Uh, we thank our executive producer, Trace Fowler, and everybody at Chatterbox Sports. Molar v. Elder tonight. The only place you can watch it is right here from Nippert Stadium. Chatterbox Sports, a budding powerhouse before your very eyes. God bless. Have a great weekend. Be careful. We'll see you Monday.